Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ed Gamble, cheers. Cheers. Coffee and water. The dream concoction. <laughs> Off-menu off beverages. Mm. I'm on a detox, so today's day seven. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going for it. 50 days is 50 the goal. 50 days? Yeah. That's big. Well, I like to have regular extended breaks because I'm a DJ and I go on yeah. tour a lot, and I imagine it's probably the same for you. I don't know, but yeah. I find that when I'm on the road, every, I did a, a Steel Panther tour, UK and Europe, for right, three okay. weeks. Uh, and, and they don't drink. They're AA sober, like clean guys. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that drummer. is not the vibe that they I know. It's not, the, it's not the perception they portray, <laughs> is it? But the, I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Who knows? Um, the drummer drinks. He has the occasional Patron. Right, okay. But, um, the singer, the guitarist, and the bassist are all like straight up Tito's. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's all. That's. I mean, that. One I big mean, act. You, I've you just might, your dreams. You might want to. You might want to chat with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Erase that. But me, I'm every night. You know, just mm-hmm. hammering booze um, sure. because I love being on the road. I love getting into the whole vibe of. Is it the same for comedians? I mean, because I'm a DJ. Often, unless the band like Steel Panther are very welcoming, accommodating, and and friendly and sociable. Yeah. It can get pretty lonely touring as a DJ because yeah. you're on your own. And every day you're obviously meeting new people, but then you're kind of on to the next town. And every town you're in, it's like that one person's Friday night. But for yeah. you, it might just be a Tuesday. That's And it can all get a little bit manic and savage. That's pretty much it. If you're like weekends starting as a comedian, that's work, that's work time. And I don't know, like a lot of the time I'd be driving back. So there's, right. just, there's no way of getting pissed or... I would, that, if you I was have to leave London over, to get a lot of gigs when you're Yeah, you just go all over the place and you want to try it out and see how it works everywhere. But... Honestly, yeah, I'm not, I never really went for it like that. Like now I'm on tour and I tour to, you know, places. It's just me doing the show. Do you have and a road manager or anything so like I that? So I do now. You, this yeah. tour is the big, the big one where I can actually afford to have a tour manager. Right on. And how do you travel? In a car, on the train? He, dri- he drives me He drives, so he's, he's taking care of basically all you've got to do is wake up, show up, exactly. do the show. Yeah, so I don't need to worry about anything else. Lovely. So we'll have a few drinks now and again, but that's, it's not crazy. Yeah. It's like hotel bar couple of wines <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah, to yeah, bed yeah. like i can't i can't hack it so i'm early 30s now can't hack a hangover can't perform well, on a hangover. once they become the two-day hangover and then sometimes even three if you go really hard nightmare can't do it that's Absolutely why i need not. to do these detoxes i woke up the other day i dj a lot when i'm back home as well it's not just when i'm tour i'm djing tonight in camden yeah and uh it was just it was last friday actually it got a little out of hand and i woke up on the saturday after like two hours sleep still basically wasted and was like right 
detox time. Yeah. Because I went straight from Still Panther into a dirty Sanchez tour doing live Q&As. <laughs> and with they're them. not teetotal, right? Uh, hell no. No. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God. Sorry, don't break my heart again, Matt. <laughs> and then straight from that into a week-long birthday, just carnage in Amsterdam. Yeah. So I, I feel like I need some time off. Yeah, so. I think that sounds sensible. This is me. Anyway, it's not my podcast. It's yours, Ed Gamble. Um, <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole of your kind of live, early stand-up material okay. in the lead-up to this. And my God, dude, you're like a different person now. Yeah, I dropped dropped a few. How few many pounds? stone did you six. drop? Six stone. I say six. That's what it was initially. I got down. I think when you start on that path and you find out you can do it and like you you work out what does it, I think you get quite obsessed with it. And I was like, I want to see how how far I can take how this. far I can take this. And then so I really dropped quite a lot. And I look back at some of the photos. I'm like, I'm a little bit skiddy there. I don't look. I'm, I was being healthy, but yeah, I still yeah, look yeah. a little bit. So I'll put a bit on a gaunt. Little, yeah, like now I enjoy my life yeah. and I enjoy food. So I put on a little bit, but... Like what some... was the, the driving reason behind losing weight? Was it just you figured, I can afford to lose some weight here, so let's shed some pounds? Yeah, kind of. I never, I was never like, I think the romantic idea of that is like, I was so such a sad, fat man. <laughs> well, it's um, the Russell Howard Good News sketch that I saw. And yeah. You're certainly not like a downbeat, somber, no, not at all. lethargic no, 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 performer. No, no. No, I was it's very still happy. very much the same act. I didn't. You, you just look different. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really have. I wouldn't say I had like sort of body image issues or anything like that. I think you know it's perfectly happy. But I just we actually uh, in the double act I used to be in. We got uh, the good news slot. We got right. offered that, and they were like, "Oh, it's in two months." And I thought, you know what? Let's just see if I can lose a few pounds for that and just feel. It's about how I feel, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is so that, that peacock and gamble? Yeah, peacock and gamble. Yeah. So, uh, so I tried doing it, and I lost the stone. In like in a month two weeks. and a half. Oh, in a month and a half. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I've, it's not. I don't feel like I've sacrificed anything too. What massively. did you do? What I mean, I change? bear in what mind I was out? probably binge eating every day. Right. Uh, just everything. I, everything <laughs> all day. I tell you what, I've never. I've Were you ne- a diabetic then, or did you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you just didn't type, know. Type or one didn't diabetic adhere. didn't didn't stick to it properly. Didn't just wasn't bothered about it for years. Um, and now I'm sort of a bit more across it. Um, so what I would used to do was I'd like go to loads of different places for lunch and buy loads of different things until I had like a big carrier bag full of food and then just fucking stick it in my face. <laughs> Loved it, absolutely amazing. It was great fun. But not uh, restaurants. You mean supermarkets? No, right? like so, a supermarket. Like there was an Italian deli near me. Greg's naturally the classic. Uh, and you know just get a little something from go on a little crawl like a picnic for one. Yeah, like a picnic an for urban one. Picnic for yeah, one. Yeah, but and then <laughs> oh, not eat outside. I'd go back and sit on medical sofa. I'm not an animal. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is glorious, but you can only do that for so long. Is in that because you're just writing material all day? So you no, it's because I was eating all day. But what, what were you doing at the time for? <laughs> uh, telly, like oh, this yeah. was in between like uni and okay and doing comedy properly. I was living at my mum's. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, not so really. You're, you're being a bum, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 and really enjoyed it. So I just sort of stopped doing that and eating meals, like normal well, sized meals. Snacking so bad for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's snacking and it's like it's portion portion size has always been an issue with me and still is. Um, and just ate normal meals and it just sort of fell off. And that was literally it. That was it. And then once I felt like I wanted to do some exercise, I started doing that. Made exercise part of my life, which means now I can sort of eat not what I want, but within reason. I eat yeah. fairly sensibly, but enjoy treats quite often and and exercise a lot and i quite enjoy it so do you have to carry around the little insulin jabber pen mm-hmm. with you at all times yeah i carry that around with me at all times i've got a little uh blood sugar machine thing where i prick my finger and get blood out of it and put it into the machine look at the screen i was watching a bit where you were saying somebody turned around she was like is that your phone yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get get all of that phone vape get <laughs> get all of those questions yeah so it's just it's it's like having another job really trying to keep on top of it how, how many times today. a day do you have to check in as it were i mean will you have to have a look after that coffee now well no the, co- the coffee's fine coffee's coffee's great coffee and red wine are zero carbs okay so those are my favorites and these are a few of my favorites yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Weirdly, I'm trying out this new thing at the moment. So I've got this little patch thing on my phone. Okay, stomach. so it's just on there all yeah, day. It's on there like all day, and I've got it release. on my phone. So that's my blood sugar. So I can check my blood sugar on my phone whenever I want. All right, without yeah. having to crack into the skin. Does the needle hurt? No, it's tiny. It's tiny little thin needle. Like that's what most people worry about when they're like, oh, I'm Needles glad I'm not diabetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the idea of needles. It's like, okay, well, you'd be dead then if you're diabetic because <laughs> they're so tiny. It's nothing. Like it really doesn't doesn't feel. Has feel the treatment of that disease has that come on a lot in your lifetime? Yeah, and it's and it's, is it a lot easier to live with it now as opposed to say when you were a teenager or a kid? 
I don't think it's much easier since I was diagnosed. Like there are things like this blood glucose monitoring where you don't have to get blood out your your finger or whatever. Insulin injections haven't really changed. That's pretty much the same. But I think the leaps that they've made since first like i mean there's crazy some of the pictures you see about what people had to use these giant great needles you may as well swing an axe into your foot um but yeah things are coming on but the the big step is fucking cure it <laughs> well the big step as well is probably cutting down on the amount of sugar in foods yeah because I, that's probably gotten worse in our lifetime yeah right? i i think so but that's more to do with type two is the one that can be brought on by lifestyle stuff Whereas type one is sort of, I mean, I don't know, I think it's an autoimmune thing. So I think what happened with me is I got like sick and then my immune system started killing the illness and then also decided to kill my pancreas for good measure, just kept going. So yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, there's things to be said for government limitations on sugar, but people go fucking mental about that sort of thing. They do, don't they? Yeah. Don't tell me what I can and can't have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like smoking though, smoking for me. So I'm... Now trying to give up. This is day seven of non-smoking as well. Great. Kind of no boosting is tied in hand one? in hand with that. Yeah, oh, I've got man. to. I've got to because if I have one drink, then I'm like, where's yeah, the yeah, bags sure. at? Yeah. Um, and I've tried so many times, and that's always my failure. Is I'll get to like, oh, I've done a month. I've quit now. Yeah. I can just have the casual yeah, one. Never. I'm so jealous of social <clears throat> smokers. People who can just go out on a Friday, have a couple of drinks, they buy a box of smokes. And then whatever's left, they either leave for another night out yeah. or just give to their mate or whatever. And that's them and they're good. I'm ex- I've never I'm been exactly, able to I'm exactly the same. So I, I used to smoke heavily and just had to stop. For, so I stopped in 2011. Oh, wow. So you're back. almost a decade clean. Yeah, I, and I feel amazing for I it bet. still. And I still have dreams where I have a cigarette and then wake up going, why did you do that? Still have smoking anxiety dreams. Well, they do say, man, smoking, like, once it's in you, you're a smoker for life. It yeah. doesn't matter how long you haven't yeah, had yeah, a, yeah. a smoke for. I love the idea. Doug Stanhope, actually, in the podcast I did with him, he's like talking about how his mum was basically dying of cancer. Yeah. And she was like still smoking. He's like, those cigarettes, man, they really get you. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I used to smoke, I'd get like horrible coughs and stuff. That's the good thing about having a more healthy lifestyle now and not smoking and not drinking as much uh, is I get ill like once a year, whereas I used to get a cold a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to have horrible coughs and I used to go outside and smoke a cigarette through the. So I'd be like, <laughs> and smoke. It's like, that's fucking insane and you know it is at the time well another name drop i interviewed slash many years ago and he said he went to visit his mum who was in her hospital bed dying of yeah. cancer and he kept going out for cigarettes and yeah he was like what the fuck am i doing I'm but not- it is that it's so addictive but also slash has got the brand to <laughs> hold up hasn't it i mean it sounds awful because that's tragic that he was visiting his mum's who was well, dying he's still of cancer. addicted to the gum right okay so still i think he hasn't had a cigarette in six seven years but apparently still every day is on the Nicorette gum, so... I'm ima- I'm, I imagined him visiting his mum and he was in his top hat. I just want to get that on my yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the best answers to any question I've ever asked, because he used to be a pro BMXer before he was a musician. I did not know that. And I said, Slash, how do you think your life would have been different had you gone down the BMX road rather than the music road? Yeah. And his answer, he didn't even miss a beat. He just went, well, I guess I'd be wearing a helmet instead of a top hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love Stuff it. Stuff like that. So how did you get into comedy? What was your... I guess, initial sort of light bulb moment where you went, this is for me. I've always been interested in it, I think, even since I was like an early teenager. But I used to love Steve Coogan. So my mum took me to see Steve Coogan's live tour probably when I was 12. When he did all the cast of characters. When he's doing all the characters. It was called The Man Who Thinks He's It tour. Um, so he did Paul Calf, Pauline Calf, Duncan Thicket, uh who else did he do he did partridge at the end basically was the was the big one at the end and i was just bowled over by seeing live comedy i think that must have started the the seed somewhere so it's seeing the impact that a live performer has on an audience and eliciting that response yeah. and wanting a bit of that and i was always a fan of and i don't know how written in these things were into the the coogan show but like things that felt improvised and fresh on the night i just i found that so exciting and me and my friend as well used to go and see Bottom live. Oh, man. I grew up watching time. the Hooligans Island DVD. Yeah, oh, the Hooligans. Video, so VHF that's that's my era that. as well, is the, the, the Hooligans best. Island one. So we probably went to the two after. I think they did two more after that. It was like, um, I can't remember, even remember what they were called, but uh, similar sort of similar sort of yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to work with Aid the other day. The, the other day, fresh, fresh. Oh, man. It was so Can exciting. you talk about it? Or He's is it the nicest. key? Uh, no, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, it was a quiz show. It was okay. R- Richard Osman's House of Games. Right, right, right. And just he was one of the other contestants. He's uh, great, isn't he? He's so lovely. 
such a nice man. And I know his daughter a bit. She's she's a comedian. So oh, is sort she? Of, yeah, sort she of... used to be a folk musician, right? Oh, no, so from... he's got he's multiple daughters. Multiple daughters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he either still lives or used to live in Exeter. Oh, right, yeah. His daughter yeah, he's used to be on the kind of open yeah. mic scene down there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, re- that was really exciting. So all of those things. And, I, and then when I got to about sort of 16, 17, I used to go to the local stand-up club in Wimbledon where I grew up and sit on the front row and will people to take the piss. <clears throat> I love being involved in it. So you just like being the subject of... I liked seeing... It wasn't even that I was a subject. I think I liked seeing what people would come up with and I liked that sort of exciting live environment. That's what really appeals yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as soon the as... The off-the-cuff stuff was yeah, what really I got love you. it. Really love it. I don't think there's anything worse than going to see a comic and you're like, oh, they're just doing the, the same patter, completely dead behind time. the eyes. They, yeah. it, you need to, you want them to be in the room. That's why I well, try that's, and do that's pure shows. comedy, isn't it? Yeah, I think For so. Me, anyway, I guess everybody has their own. I've done three gigs. I I sort of dabbled with the idea last year because yeah. for me. I just want to have more comedian friends. Sure. I, I like hanging. It's that's not, kind of... that's not as fun as you might think it is. Is it not? <laughs> no, no. Because I just have this idea in my head, like haven't met almost every musician I'd ever want to meet now. Yeah. Um, and realizing that most of them, although lovely, yeah. are very tame and in a lot of instances quite dull. Yeah. Uh, having been on tour with quite a few bands, you sort of see behind the scenes and it's, you know, it's a bit of a disappointment. You're yeah. Like, oh, man, where's the chaos? Yeah. At least where's the, the fun? Um, and then I guess I just had this romantic idea of comedians all in the green room just bouncing off each other, throwing jokes I, around. I have material. a feeling you'd go down the exact same path. Really? That it would be the same journey that you'd get and you'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> they're more boring than rock Just bands. a lot of dead air is there. Yeah, I think so. Although, you know, I don't know. I think there's that, that sweet sort of few years where, like, you, you, you end up coming up with the same class of comedians. So. Who are you coming up with then to sort of jump ahead? Real quickly, very quickly. Oh, so, well, so Nish Kumar is one of my best yep. friends. We went to uni together, and there's a guy called Tom Neenan as well. as an amazing comedy writer, just nominated for a BAFTA for his work on the MASH report yesterday. Nice. So we all went to uni together, and we were in a sketch group. Which uni was that? Durham. Right. And we did, yeah, we very did good university. Stuff. Not bad. I wish good. I'd concentrated and not just thought about comedy. <laughs> um, but then, would you be sat here talking to me exactly, in the cinema of Sanctum exactly. Hotel? Wouldn't have made it into the cinema room. Um, so yeah, Nish is guys, doing a show at the moment with Joel, isn't he? Yeah, Nish so they Joel did a, they did a the travel thing together. Yeah, so Joel's another guy who started around the same time. Josh Widdicombe, James Acaster, basically everybody who's now on everything. Yeah, it's sort of you sort of see people start to come through, and then like yeah, it's it's basically that's the class of of people who I sort of grew up with. Does that always happen? Does it kind of turn out that way that every few years there's a generation that do all? Because it seems from the outside in like you all just succeed. Like, what about the guys that don't? Where oh, are there they? are plenty of guys there's plenty, are there? who, who don't. But, oh, there's plenty of guys who are and just are they going still on the live going, circuit. Yeah, or? people who go at their own speeds, really. Because you never know what's going to break someone through, or you never know what's going to... There's so, so many people doing it. So there are plenty is of people... It, like, really, is it more oversaturated now than ever before? I think so. I mean, I've not sort of ventured down into the uh, into that <laughs> circuit for a bit. But uh, from what I hear, there are just there's hundreds and hundreds of comics in London. And you end up performing two other comics. Yeah. I think I just missed that where I could, you know, and I sort of started in the Northeast anyway. Um, and you can go and do a gig in Newcastle and there's always a, you know, a good and up, up for it, aren't they? So, they're so good. It. And funny as well. Yeah, man. Um, Glasgow and Newcastle, I do a lot of live Q&As with the Dirty Sanchez boys. Yeah. And Newcastle and Glasgow are two of the best shows we've had crowd-wise. Yeah. They're just great. Yeah, I love it. I really look forward to it. I'm going to Newcastle this weekend, actually. And I did Glasgow a couple of weeks ago. They're really, really good crowds. What sort of numbers are you performing to at the moment then? Sort of mixed. It's 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 been a really nice gradual incline, uh, but yeah, I kind of think there's some people who end up getting to a point in their career, then one thing happens and boom, suddenly. But I think I've always just been. That's just better though away because then you, you're building is. a more solid fan base. Yeah. You know you. If you just have an overnight success type TV show, everyone all of a sudden is there. Yeah. But they might not be invested in your persona, your character, your yeah. material. And then you got nothing. And then to they might be gone on the next well. door. Um. So yeah. So a few hundred. Nice. Few hundred. It's a really man. solid. Like you know, and it's really gone up. Like you know, so first tour was like. 50 to 100 second tour was 100 to 200 and then we've sort of chipped away at it and now so you're almost doubling each time pretty much that's four five hundred yeah up to i think we've had like 700 on this tour as well it's been lovely that's all you want if you can just keep doing that imagine that because i I remember hearing a quote once from either keith or mick from the rolling stones and they said when they started out in london in the early 60s basically there was like six people at their first show yeah 
but they made a point of being so damn good that every one of those six went away and told a friend. Yeah, and yeah. that's what they said at the end of every gig is, next time, bring a friend. Bring a friend, So yeah. next week, there's 12, yeah. and then 24. And they said, that is literally, if everyone just brings one person. God, they have been going a crowd, long time. <laughs> right? And that's what the crowd's so big <laughs> they now. They still do it. They, but that's the, guys, Twicken, next time, tell a friend. <laughs> well, two nights at Wembley Stadium next time. And that's how it's done. The slow, I mean, obviously for them, it was, you know, reached a point where then it was catastrophic. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the way to go, man. The yeah, slow, gradual, I think so. solid that's, it build. Feels, I feel very comfortable with it. It's uh, just, you know, you just got to keep getting better, really. That's the, that's the key. Just keep going. Uh, we'll come back to stand-up in a bit. I want to talk about one of my new favorite shows. I'm not sure when you made it, but I've only just discovered it because I just literally typed in Ed Gamble into sure. Netflix. Uh, Almost Royal. Yes. I watched both seasons in like three days. Oh, thank and you, man. And I have honestly, I can't remember the last time I fell in love with... Not just a premise, yeah. But it's rare that you see that premise with two people. Sure. Usually, it's like a Dom Jolly or a yeah, Sasha yeah, yeah. Baron Cohen. Yeah. Like it's a solo renegade out there on their yeah. own, mixing it up. You obviously have Amy. H- Amy Hoggett. Amy yeah, Hoggett. Yeah, yeah. And you two, like the pairing of you, is so. I mean, let's talk first of all about you two. That relationship. Where does it begin? So it's it was a really weird casting process actually because. I'd known, so we, I think we probably ended up filming in 2015. I think that was the right. first series of 2015. It's an American-made show, so it's a BBC America show. Oh, really? Interesting. A co-pro with a UK production company, so they, Burning Bright, they went to them and said, we want something British but with an American flavour in the comedy, in the arena of comedy for BBC America. It's their first original comedy commission. So they pitched them this idea. I went in, auditioned for it, and they already had... Uh, Poppy, who's playing my sister, uh, and we were 50th and 51st in Lines of the Throne. So Amy was already cast? No. No. Someone else was cast. Oh, okay. Um, and they sort of cast it around her. So I d- had to do auditions with this other girl um, who's doing very well now. I mean, I won't say who it is because yeah, it feels yeah, weird, but course. she's, yeah, she's having Tell me after the mic, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, and then she got her own sitcom on E4, so couldn't. It's Miranda, it isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. She would have been great. Uh, so she, she couldn't do it anymore. Um, and they were like, oh, well, we've cast this person because we were literally leaving, you know, two weeks later. And we were weeks. filming in the States. And it was, you know, you've got to sort of visas out. You've got yeah, to do all yeah, of this. Yeah. They said, oh, no, we found someone. We're going to cast them. Here's who we've cast. And they sent me a picture through. And I know, I know Amy. I've known Amy since 2008. So I was like, fucking result. And she had a US passport, which really helped. So um, how did you meet her originally back then, just on the circuits, like stand-up Kind style? of. I, I went to Durham, but I directed one of the Cambridge Footlights tour shows and cast her in it. So she was at Cambridge, and I cast her in that. So we'd known each other through doing sketches, like student sketch comedy, basically. She's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, she's great. I, I've only seen her in that. But yeah. In that, she is so good. Yeah. Uh, both of you are exceptional. Um, do you go through... Because here's a few things I want to ask, and obviously I don't want you to re- you know, reveal or no, re- no, no. ruin too much of the magic if you don't want to, but obviously you spoke earlier on about how it's that reaction in the moment and yeah. the off-the-cuff, yeah. very real improvisational stuff, which is what excites you. There seems to me as a viewer to be a hell of a lot of that mm. within this show, although you have obviously, here's the scenario. Yeah, Anything can happen in that scenario. Yeah, And the the quips and the... The back and forth between you two are just so seamless, so organic, so fast. Do you character work? Do you workshop those characters between the two of you yeah, and so build backstories and develop huge, a whole sort of psych- huge amounts of universe? backstory? So we did like we did, you know, weeks beforehand in a room with Tom Neenan, who I mentioned earlier, and Samantha Martin as another brilliant writer and producer. Um, just coming up with backstory, and then we had a list of things that we were going to do and people that we we're going to visit. Uh, so we'd come up with things we could potentially say to them or try and get into the conversation. You know, it's really stupid lines to say. But quite often, you couldn't get them in because that's not how conversations work. Of course. You just need to yeah. roll with whatever they're doing. But we, yeah, we had huge amounts of backstory. And that's something that people notice, I think, that we knew the names of our best friends from boarding school and we knew their relationship with us and uh, the relationship with each other and all of that sort of thing, that we could all be off the same page and... You know, I knew my best friend was called Duffy Scrutton and all that, all that sort of stuff, which is so much fun to build. It felt like oh, being dude, a bit, it felt, it felt like, like being a spy. An absolute ball. Oh, and what I also love the idea of obviously what we see is, you know, a streamlined version of events. Yeah. 
I imagine there's some scenarios where you're actually in the thick of filming yeah. for, for hours. Hours, yeah. Right? And yeah, so you've got to hours. maintain that facade and be in character that entire time. My one... That must have been gruelling and... Oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I mean, the, the, the one thing I'm sad about with the show is that it had to be like a 22-minute edit for American television because there's some long-form ones that we did that just built and built and built and just ended up being so ridiculous. So there's a character thing that I do it looks like a character choice where I say something really stupid and then I sort of stupidly look off. Or even to the camera sometimes. Well, so the thing is, if I'm looking off, what's happening is I'm either looking to the camera or I'm looking at the crew to see if I've made the crew laugh because they had to be in character the whole time as well. So if you could make the crew laugh, I was like, yes, fucking result. Loved it. I don't know how you kept a straight face in some of those scenarios. I'm going to pull out my phone because yeah. I didn't have time to type up the notes, but I've got some notes on here. Yeah, and I, want, I want to ask you about certain scenes because some of them, it's been so long since I've had like lol moments, actual yeah, yeah. laugh out oh, loud thank you very much. in tears. And I'm watching it on my own. And often comedy is obviously drastically improved with a group. Yeah, yeah. And very often you can be watching the funniest film ever. But if you're on your own, you're not really inclined to be like, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this, I was losing it. I was losing it. So um, <laughs> pimping out your mum to Fabio in the LA episode. Oh, God. Tell us about that. Because well, there's actual real life celebrities in a few of the episodes as well. Yeah. That's the first one that crops up. Fabio's. And you're essentially offering your... <laughs> fictitious mother on a plate to this guy so that's probably something we planned beforehand that's almost certainly come from one of the writers that wouldn't it be funny if you offered fabio to have sex with it i mean that was just bizarre anyway that was that was one of the few scenarios where normally we're the we're the idiots and we're the weird ones and we're going in someone's normal life and saying utterly insane things but that was one of the ones where you're like okay he's weirder than us you're not mugging off the the Americans, yeah, you know, like there's say Borat, yeah, very much the the goal of that is to, I guess, undermine or expose hypocrisy. Exactly, or, it's making a whereas, point. Whereas you guys are like, no, we're the fucking freaks, yeah, and it's just how do normal people react to exactly. So these it's extreme us, it's characters us doing very stupid stuff, and people quite rightly going, what the hell is going on here? Um, but the Fabio situation was, yeah, it's, it's different because he's an odd, he's an odd fish. Um, and obviously, he's pretty much most famous for going on a roller coaster and getting hit in the face by a goose. Which... <laughs> hey, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Um, so, Boston. Yeah. The Boston Tea Party bit. Mm. Um, tell me about did you feel the hatred in the room for that? It was, it was kind that, of. Because that was pretty Borat esque. Like, you went into that kind of territory. Yeah, there. so that's a very early. The Poppy's speech. That's a very early episode. So, that was when I think we were a little bit. We weren't quite sure what the show was or whether it would try and make a political point. And then we realized we just wanted to act like idiots. And that was that was a long night. I mean, that, I bet. that was a long old night, the speeches that were being made and stuff. And then I had to get up and do a speech about my cricket team, which lasted, I think, about it's over 25 minutes. It was because you'd obviously show it with yeah, fade yeah. outs and then you come back in and fade out and come back in. You were just up there for half the, an hour. Like. Oh, I loved it. It's so much fun <laughs> looking look at how much you're annoying people. It's like that Kaufman-esque approach, isn't it, of him yeah. reading the whole Great Gatsby, like yeah. how far can I string this along? It's amazing how freeing it is as a comic to be in a situation where laughs are not only not needed, if there are any, it'll probably ruin it. Yeah. So if you just the more boring you are, the better it was. And Amy didn't enjoy that day anyway because we were sat there and she saw a lady eat mayonnaise off a fork and it made her feel sick. They were an odd. They were an odd bunch of people. And then at the end, you're like, and there wasn't any tea on offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some pretty gnarly ones as well. So um, <laughs> Detroit, when you're doing the battle yeah. off, the freestyle battle off, yeah. And there's one guy. He doesn't say a word. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the guy. I mean, he's just got this stone cold look of a killer yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. And uh, Amy says, as as Poppy in character. You look like you've got a sour disposition. And you jump straight off the back of that line with, you're so poor, you look like you haven't got a pot to piss in. I was I, in absolute hysterics. Can I just that. say that was not that was genuinely not pre-written. And I, it couldn't have been. We were so happy with that. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he did not crack a smile all the way through. A couple of those guys were all right. Like They clearly knew it was a bit of fun, and they weren't quite sure where we were coming from. I think sometimes people were like, <laughs> Okay, this is. I think this might be a joke, but we're just going to roll with it anyway. Um, and the main guy that we're talking to was fine, but yeah, the guy stood at the back who was like, I'm not letting this crack. I'm staying gangster for this whole thing. It was slightly terrifying. But I'm amazed you got out of there in one piece. I mean, Detroit in, in itself is yeah. fucked. I mean, I've not been there since 2015. And it, quite a lot of the stuff we did there was about the, the like rejuvenation of the city and stuff. But there was it's pretty, pretty dreadful, some of the stuff going on there. Um, 
but you know, do, do you ever let fear kind of guide you or protect you or once you're in character are you like i don't care i'm going to take this as far as i can take oh it. no i've got a horrible thing where because it's for tv in the back of my mind i'm like you well no one's going to let happen. anyone happen nothing's going to happen so but even down to driving like i drive around a lot in this in this truck with amy and we'd be filming and talking in a character for hours and hours and hours and they'd film it on a gopro um even then i'd be like well don't go through that stop sign I'm in character. It's like, no, you're driving, you fucking prick. I nearly crashed so many times. There's one where I'm driving a full caravan and the gate, the autom- automatic gate shuts on us. Any I other- remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd be devastated crash into if that it on was the me show. in real life. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I've crashed the fuck. That's awful. But I was like, yeah, that's good content. Well, that, that, that's the key, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's the scene in Nashville as well. I didn't realize what a sort of shady underbelly Nashville had as yeah. well. And there's a scene in that where I genuinely feared for you, where you're at the gas station. Yeah. And you're like, excuse me, sir. And a bunch yeah. of black guys get out. They kind of look like gangsters, but maybe they're not. But they certainly look street. Yeah. And uh, you're basically saying, I don't want to get out of my own vehicle and fill out, uh, fill up my trunk. Because yeah, yeah. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Can't you guys do it? And he's like, ain't you a bitch, man. You're like, Poppy, he said no, the B word. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> that looked like they could have fucking. Yeah. But I think those guys well. were more in on it than they, were. they seemed like. Oh, they they were playing up as well. They were definitely playing up. They were way more fun off camera. Right, right, and right. And I think right. basically the production had said, these guys are going to ask you if if you can fill up their car and just say what you'd say if someone said to do that. They were like, yeah, fine. And then they got paid and they were happy. Oh, great. So, yeah, that was yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, there yeah. was nothing. There was That was, that was sort of less tense. Because I looked. just saw this look in your eye. I was like, this guy doesn't care. Like, once he's in the character. <laughs> and that was day one. So we filmed. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, so we filmed. <laughs> A pilot in New York that uh, that they were like, oh, we kind of like it, but you know, it's not exactly right. Um, so is that the one that made the New York episode, or no, no? So there's that is un that no one's ever seen that. Right, right. Uh, so then we uh, we filmed the other pilot. It was in Nashville, and that was a broadcast pilot, and they commissioned it off the back of that. So that was day one on the second pilot, and we'd not really done anything on it for a few months. So it was it was felt pretty tense. Well, the guys, what are they called? The guys that uh, basically hunt for catfish with their bare hands. Oh, Noodlers. Yeah. Did, noodlers, called? that's noodlers. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, and they seem really pretty, early They seem pretty like, they were pretty, you can't let a woman tell you what to do, yeah, boy. Yeah, there was all that. <laughs> and that was, that was sort of a realisation with that when we were on the boat with him. And he and was I, the real deal, right? He that was the real deal. He, proper redneck. Yeah. Like, and I think we were slightly trying to pull some like controversial views out of him on yeah, the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't biting. And that's when I was like, that's, that's, not what this sh- that's definitely not what this show is. I want to get in there. I yeah. want to catch a catfish and it'll look absolutely ridiculous. There's, there's just, I mean, some of the best moments are really, as you say, when it's not about victimizing anyone or having a laugh at their expense. Yeah. And there's, I think in the second season, when you do different topics and themes, there's the beauty one. Yeah. And you spend a day with the hairdresser. Yeah. And there's a bit right at the end when he's like, bye guys. And he's giving you this all smiles, big wave. Yeah. And the second you yeah. turn around, it's on camera in yeah. the show, his face just turns he and he looks like he despises us. you. He and it's just like the flip of a switch, isn't it? From yeah. see you guys to get the fuck out. <laughs> That's the best I, comedy, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that was great. He was fantastic. Such an expressive face. And also, I just think we weren't mean to him. We were just being silly. Yeah, of course. But also, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's... In his mind, he's representing his shop and his trade or whatever, and we are absolutely taking the piss. It was as soon as... Well, I think we had testing them. patience, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it and anything. we really pushed that guy. We went in hard, because <laughs> quite often the crew would, uh, the director would have to say, um, we're going to put a grey filter on this, which is like code for dial it the fuck down, because we'd sometimes just go oh, in so there, you'd have your little... all guns blazing, and be like, okay, we're going to pop a, pop a grey filter on this. Bit of grayscale, bit of grayscale. We'd be like, oh, we've we've pushed this too far. <laughs> what are some of your favourite memories looking back at the both both the season, season one and two? I mean, and what, why didn't you carry on with the thread of the first one? Did you feel like it needed to be switched up in the that, sense? Not not my decision. That's very much the that was the channel right. thinking. I mean, because I feel like for me, the season one worked better. Yeah, just I mean, as a they, bit more of a loose. They added they added the thing of the YouTubers for the yeah. second one. I think basically like i don't know how broadly watched original bbc america content is they've sort of people tune in for doctor who and things like that uh so i think they were they're finding their feet with original commissions and they're trying to get more viewers in they didn't know where they wanted to get them from and we did this youtube press series in between the first two seasons uh which i think is more representative of 
the sorts of things we were doing when we were filming it before it was edited. So there's long form interviews with people at the YouTube studios in LA, which is still online. And they're just ridiculous. And I think they were so into those. They were like, we'll get YouTubers in, we'll get some more celebrities in. It's like, it's not quite what the show is, but I think they were trying to find their feet with it. Um, so that was their decision, ratings wise. But in terms of memories, it was such a joy, the whole thing, just traveling around and just doing insane things like catching the catfish. Um, I fingered a crocodile in season two. Sure did. Um, they're not all about me putting hands in animals, <laughs> by the way. Uh, that's not all my best memories. The ones that stick out the most, because that's what, the ones that I get asked about the most, is when people clocked it or called us out on it, which happened twice. Only twice? Yeah. In the whole time? In the whole time. Which two were they? They're not well, in the one, shows, are they? No, one is in the show. It is. Uh, one of them was Lisa Vanderpump in series two. Who's, who's Lisa like, Vanderpump? She is a reality star. We interviewed her at her restaurant. She's British. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and she's like, you're my inspiration. Yeah, all yeah, of that yeah, sort right, of thing. Right, right. So, But she, she, called us, she called us on it, and she was like, this must be because she's british yeah basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like turned to the crew and went this is a joke right yeah because we said we said away. we didn't have a television and she was like no this is a joke and the crew just stared at her until she had to carry on and then and then it was fine because i think some people probably clocked it and then either didn't want to call it out in case they were wrong and they were embarrassed or they thought it was quite funny and they just roll with it yeah uh, the other one was a shaman who lived in the hollywood hills called shaman Durek, who's like a shaman to the stars uh, who is obviously such a massive bullshitter in his life anyway that yeah, he immediately yeah. he, he spots he spot shit a mile yeah, off because yeah. he knows it. Oh, we went in too hard on that one as well because <laughs> he did this whole thing about breathing, getting poison out your system, and I knew he was going to do that. So I drank two liters of Pepsi Max before, and when he said get the poison out your system, I did a gigantic fart. <laughs> and then Amy laughed, and then the fucking wheels it's like came it's over. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it really, really, really hard in certain cases to not? Yeah, laughed. Amy found it more difficult than me. There's definitely scenes that are still in the show where you can see she has to turn away. I think I, I keep it fairly. Yeah, you're in throughout. it, man. Yeah, yeah. How is it just because you thrive off that style of humour? You're like you ain't yeah, breaking me. You ain't breaking me. It's such a rush. It's I'll such bet. a rush. It's saying the most ridiculous thing possible, and also just seeing people's faces when you say it. And I, I love see, it. I want to see if there's any more things that I wrote down to just pull up on briefly before we move on. The, um, I mean, the, the stuff with your dad everywhere. You know, mm. you go to a lot of these very high society events with yeah, your yeah. dad in an urn. In an urn, yeah. Uh, I thought at one point you were going to tip that urn over the balcony at the opera because, you know, you've got the three chairs right by. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, he's not going to throw that <laughs> over the balcony. And you didn't. And I was a little disappointed. Then. I was like, oh. Yeah. But then you're at the end, you know, the backstage sort of yeah. wind down post-show drinks with everyone. Yeah. And, then you let it go, and I mean, that must have turned some heads. So that really did. I mean, that. so we obviously knew we were going to do that. That was like the big finish for the episode that I will spill <laughs> spill my dad's ashes at the opera. And that's, I was really nervous about that. I'll bet. Like, there's a few things that they were like... Because it's we're raw, gonna, isn't it? That's really Yeah, they were like, right, you're going to have to... You're going to have to do this at the end. If I knew something was coming, I'd get nervous about it. There's another... I think it made the edit, um, where we meet... The lady from Dukes of Hazard, yes, in Nashville, and I and say, me and my father both both masturbated over the same picture of you. <laughs> and her face is priceless. And that I knew they were like, you've got to say this. The scriptwriter had done that, and you can see. I'm genuinely nervous. The queue. I'm like, this is fucking awful. I'm meeting, waiting to meet this woman, Daisy Duke. Yeah, me, waiting to meet Daisy Duke, <laughs> and I'm going to say I masturbated over the same picture of her as my father. Awful. <laughs> Worth it, but awful. <laughs> what about Dennis Rodman? How was he? Mental. <laughs> yeah, as mental as you would think, and as yeah, it seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no. Also, he's. But he was phased by you guys, wasn't he? He was you phased see, because he, was like, he clearly spends his life getting booked to be the weird one on stuff. Yeah, right, right. So on this, he wasn't. <laughs> he was booked for us to try and confuse him. him at his own game. Yeah, so he kept stopping me, like, what, what do you guys want from me? Like, what, what do you want? And then he was a bit handsy with Amy. And then yeah, we were I saw like, that. Oh, he right, yeah. literally runs his hand up uh, like bare skin, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and then everyone was like, like, okay, cool. Well, thanks, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, I've got a joke. I've just yeah. come up with it on the spot. What's the sport where you have a basket at the yeah. front of a bike and there's a ball in it or something? And he's just, he doesn't even respond. Oh, his no. face is just like, what? He's God. He's <laughs> an odd, odd dude. What about when you're doing the protests with all the sort of anti-sea life people? And at the very end, you do this amazing speech where you say, I for one and with you, I vote that we release the well back into the wild and let, <laughs> let nature take its course and let the chase begin. Yeah. Let it be hunted the old fashioned way. It was so <laughs> weird. Again, you, everyone, it's the, the moment people's faces drop or yeah. change. That for me is where the punchlines are and they kill me every time. But some people didn't. 
clock that I'd said that. That it was really weird that day because obviously there's the people who are like, "Oh my god, what did he just say?" But they're so into what they're doing and they're so believing that everyone's there for the right reasons. I did that whole speech and because it was in the rhythms of what they used to as a, you know, an anti-hunting message, that they're I delivered that punch at the end. In. They were yeah, like, "Yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep." Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas what I'd said was, let's go, let's go and hunt it <laughs> in the wild. Final one is the, the romance episode and you're at like a slam poetry night. Yeah. And Amy kills it. Uh, she's doing the poem about, I guess, losing her virginity is the premise of it. And yeah. there's a line when she's like, pleasure and pain. It was mostly pain. I was so young. <laughs> so And again, the whole room just goes, oh, uh, that <laughs> was one of my favourite nights on that show. They were so nice in that place. They were so lovely. Those places are, aren't they? They're very yeah. much a safe space where anything goes and you can sort of yeah. express yourself. And, and really like cool young I mean, They're really people. encouraging they're so to relaxed. performers, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I did not a like poem a as well crowd. that was cut out because, <laughs> uh, because it, there's nothing can follow Amy's on that. <laughs> it was she, so good. I remember she wrote, she wrote that poem before we went in an office in London. And there's another... Uh, she read it out for us, and we we were crying because there was I was so young. And then um, there's a uh, another line that just says "surprise squirts." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which killed us. So she was really nervous. And what was quite difficult about filming that, and this is definitely isn't in the edit. So the one before us was there was a guy went up, and cause it was a proper slam poetry night. A guy went up and did this poem that he'd written about his mum who died, and literally thanking her for everything that everything that he'd done for it and we were like this is we were we were fucking crying like she was crying we, and then she she was like i've got to go and do surprise squirt <laughs> <laughs> and luckily it released the tension so perfectly and people were giving it the like clicking their fingers and stuff it was amazing it was such a good night and that that's we spent so much time together me and amy I remember sitting there being like, I am as invested in Amy doing well in this as if she was my real sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was really fun. I night. mean, you must get a really unique relationship from working together in that way because you, the trust has to be yeah. so unbridled totally. and beyond yeah, yeah. anything you've yeah. ever known before. Obviously, you've you know worked in the duo confines yes. before yeah, yeah, yeah. and you obviously did the fringe with the Peacock Gamble duo, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't you? And so yeah, you, you've been into these live territories before, but yeah. that is next level, isn't it? Yeah, it's And maybe that's why thing. you so rarely see two people doing it. Yeah. Because I think most people are like, well, I need to just depend on me and solely me in this case because, yeah. you know, then the buck stops with me and that's it. Totally, yeah. Has there been another one of its kind with two? I don't I can't think, think there one. has, you know, because it's, you're right, it's it's the, it's people like Sasha Baron Cohen and Mark Wotton, who is my favourite. Have you seen any of Mark Wotton's stuff? I think Steve was telling me about him the other night. Man. I've got to get on the it. Shirley Go- High Spirits with Shirley Ghostman, they right, did right, one right, series right, right. of the BBC Three where he plays a psychic. Right. It's one of the funniest shows of all time. And he did another one called La La Land, which pushes it. Oh, La La Land, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushes yeah. it so hard. Like there was one that was. <laughs> there was one that <laughs> was. Cut because it was so fucking outrageous and there's no way they could ever make it now. So he was playing a filmmaker. So the character was a filmmaker, but he was going into uh, an American house pretending to be. Uh, Barack Obama's Kenyan cousin. So he was <laughs> fucking fully blacked up, right? But he's playing a character who thinks it's all right to black himself up, so he does. So it's so multi-layered and so yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bit where he pretends to not know what windows are and walks into a fucking French window. You're like, Jesus, the balls on that man. Incredible. So we didn't do anything that sort of, uh, that tense. And uh, Nathan, for you as well, is another amazing, amazing show that's a bit like that. I'll get on it. Yeah. Would you do another show of that kind? Would you yeah. be inclined to go back into that world again? Totally. I mean, if it, it's about recognisability now. I think even when we did Series 2, it was a bit trickier to book people because we'd, we couldn't tell them the characters' names to hook them in because they could just do a quick Google and they'd be like, almost Royal Series 1, the spoof, the trouble yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think it'd be tricky to do something like that now. I'd love to because it's a properly brilliant time in my life that I look back on very fondly. I bet you had an absolute blast. Oh, man, it was so good. Was that sort of the first big thing that you'd done as well? Yeah, kind of. I'd done like, yeah, it was the first TV, sort of proper TV least. thing. Yeah. But it sort of, yeah, it felt like it was watched by so few people I know, in well, the States. That's why I wanted to pull it up and go deep on it today because yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe I'd never heard it or seen yeah, it, it was. I think first series was on show. E4 here. But Did it get of, good reviews and write-ups here? They kind of none really. really? Like, it was it sort blows of, my mind. Yeah, it was on it was on E4, but they kind of marketed it weirdly. 
How how did they get that wrong? I don't know. Well, they sort of it was like, couldn't these two British comedians um, oh, so fool they... the Americans? Like it's not it's a not like a... competition thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's you know it was you know some of it's quite sort of gentle and mm. it's beautifully shot and it's kind of yeah. It's a weird thing to try and market, though, I think. I think so, unless you just market it as a real-life documentary yeah, 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 series. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then let them find out the joke yeah. once they've seen it. So I'm very happy it's on Netflix now for people to watch, and it's on Hulu in the States, I think. So Love it. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, let's talk about Acaster, yourself and him. Where does that friendship start? Again, is it the Standard Circuit. Circuits? Yeah. yeah, so he's part of that that same class. Has he always, I mean, an act like that for me is so fully realized. Yeah. Did that take him forever to hone and develop or was it fairly... Yeah, and he's always working on it as well. Is he's it... one of the hardest working comics I know, I think. Um, well, he's got three hour specials, isn't he, in one go? Four. Is it four? The repertoire four. is four. He's it's what an in, animal. It's insane, <laughs> right? Because that, that's like and each one's them, an hour, isn't it? Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of them are based on Edinburgh shows that he did. So that's three years of work in Edinburgh. And then he he was like, oh, "I'm doing four now." I went, "What do you mean? You're doing the previous year shows?" Like, no, I've written a fourth hour that ties up all the threads of the third one. Like actual genius shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this show that he's touring at the moment, this show, perfect show, and then went. I've got rid of the first half of that. I went, why? He went, oh, I've finished it. So I've just written a new half. <laughs> no one, that no is, one does that. It is genius stuff, isn't it? That, yeah. That word is thrown around a lot, but there are people occasionally in whatever field they're in where yeah. what they have is, as you say, perfect. Yeah. Doesn't need changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't need throwing out. Yeah. But they're like, now I've moved on from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've improved on it. You're right. It's, it's behind me. And I think, I think some, sometimes the word sort of, if you call someone a genius or something like that, it's, it's not to diminish all the hard work that gets put in because I think people are like, oh, it's just people, they're, they're so naturally gifted. Yeah. It's like, no, fucking working their bollocks off. Yeah. Uh, and he, he really does. So, um, and I quite, I quite like it. A, a lot of my friends are incredibly talented, very hardworking comedians. And it really makes you pull your socks up. Well, it's like, you know, the only thing I can liken it to is many years ago I used to play tennis. Yeah. And your game is always better when you're playing with someone who's better than you. There you go, exactly. You know, if you're playing with someone who's below your standards, then you yeah. get lazy, you get sloppy. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is just a casual knockabout. I am naturally a very lazy person. <laughs> so, so it's good to be around people that The fact I'm friends push with James, you friends with Nish, friends with loads of other people like that, and I can just be like, fuck, look, they're so good. and they work Healthy really competition, hard. right? Yeah, I better. It's founded and based on. I better work hard so at least I can afford to eat in the same <laughs> restaurants as them. <laughs> so where did the podcast idea for you two come from? Just well, we, both of you liking food. Yeah, it's pretty Straight much up, that. as easy as that. Absolutely why not? love <laughs> why food. Not? Talk about it all the time. Always texting each other about restaurants. We've been on holiday together, like food holidays and stuff. <laughs> food holidays. So the yeah. premise of the holiday isn't because you're friends and you want to go see no, it's about food. a foreign country. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Let's go to where the food yeah, is. Yeah, so right. we went to New York last year and it was just, just all about going to binge eat. Yeah. Exactly. And what did you have out there? I've never been. My sister's just come back. Oh, man. I guess the giant pizza slices and we did a bit Chinese of Chinese is big over steak. there, right? Steak. We went to a very nice Chinese restaurant, actually. We went all over the place, ice cream, and it was snowing. So that's sort of the premise of my current tour show is we got stranded there um, because of a blizzard. Uh, so we, we were eating ice cream. <clears throat> Sorry. We were eating ice cream in sub zero temperatures and, like, yeah, great trip. <laughs> 
really good trip. So we just we spent so long talking about it, uh, and we do we do also occasionally do a YouTube series called Just Puddings. I've seen it. I saw the yeah. booze one you did. Yeah, so yeah. it's based on the fact and that he's I'm got his one tongue diabetic. stuck to the, yeah. the guy's block. <laughs> and he eats all these things and describes them to me, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. have to deal with injecting insulin. Oh, so that the booze one was like a special one-off booze episode. Normally, it? normally it is it's just pudding. It, yeah, it's just pudding. Yeah, yeah. The so clues in the like, title. Yeah, pudding, pudding cocktails. <laughs> right, right, right. So we do those occasionally. So can you not eat it at all? Or is it just no, I can, I can, but it's like uh, funnier if he yeah, does. Yeah, it's funnier if he does, and also sometimes if I don't, I can't be bothered because I have to check my blood sugar, inject the right amount of insulin keep checking it throughout the day so it's just a premise to let him describe puddings and yeah, which is great fun yeah. yeah 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 so we just thought there's probably a another format that we can get this into and in the off menu podcast where we get to interview people and ask them about their dream meals oh so the, the just pudding thing was before yeah that right. came before right right uh and then yeah we started doing the podcast towards the end of last year I think the first yeah it's pretty like releasing. fresh off the gate and yeah it? i think we're 17 in yeah who's been some of your favorite guests i presume most people are just your friends has there been any? It's, we're like... trying to get a mix because I think there's so many comedians podcasts where it's just all the other comedians. It's all the other comedians. And... Send some my way, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will. But even just like the comedians that they know yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, I know you're all friends. Yeah. Like maybe try and interview someone who's not your friend. You might get something more out of it, really. Well, I, you know, I've, if I know someone, I'll have them on the show. But yeah. I'm always more inclined to get someone that I've never even met before yeah. on because yeah, yeah. then like this, your first meeting and conversation, yeah, exactly. yeah. you go all in on everything. And there's almost a license as an interviewer that you can sort of ask the guest anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe if you're friends, perhaps sometimes you're like, oh, I won't bring you that hold up. back. Yeah. I think we, we've had definitely had some friends on and those are the looser episodes <laughs> and we feel more free to just yeah. absolutely take the piss out of them. So there are a couple of highlights from those. I mean, Nish was a really good episode. The Joel Domit episode. So the menu, the idea is you pick your dream menu, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, A, hadn't thought about it before he came in. And Brilliant. B, has absolutely no taste in food. <laughs> Joel. He's Joel, yeah. And is, because he's ripped. And I've basically seen, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. his. All... He came down to the Team Rock Bunker once as well, but he wasn't that ripped then. Oh, no, he's really ripped. And then I've seen now. him like on Instagram now, and he's, yeah. he's gone full on tank mode. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah, exactly. So all, obviously his food is based around keeping himself ripped. Protein shakes. That's yeah. My... So that was yeah. his dream drink. Was it actually? In his meal was protein <laughs> shake. And I was like, you fucking taking the piss. So we really laid into him. And, now he still he gets trolled online for it the whole time like he's really really full on so that's a highlight in that sense meals wise we did an episode with the uh, comedian Sindhu V uh, and her meal was amazing and she describes food so eloquently and so brilliantly and that I think that's a lot of people's favourites so far have you had any chefs on yet? yeah so we've had Tom Kerridge who was great he was really fun <clears throat> uh, the best I think he chose the best drink because he was like right this is a dream restaurant right and so I don't drink anymore, but I could. It's a one-off, right? We went, yeah, you can have a drink. What, what do you want to drink? He went, 24 cans of Stella. <laughs> he had a full slab. He wanted a full slab of Stella with his, with his meal. So he was really good fun. We, I think we're That's why get, he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because he could, he could only have 24. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're really trying to get more chefs on. Do you know and, DJ Barbecue? Have you heard of him? I think I might have done, actually. So he used to present Rad TV yeah. years ago. Christian Stevenson is his name. Right. Big fucking ball of energy American yeah. guy. I'll hook you up with him. Yeah, Because he's like a, a barbecue chef, so he's Jamie Great. Oliver's guy. Yeah, and yeah. he's all into brisket and ribs and all of that. But oh, yeah, we'd love he's that. A, he's a very energetic talker. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, a really fun dude. He'd be a good guest. Oh, I'm yeah, sure we'd absolutely love that. Yeah, we're, tr- we're, trying to, we're trying to mix it up a bit. Because so. you want someone, as you say, you can talk very in depth and mm-hmm. eloquently yeah. about the food because as a listener you really want to hear these meals be brought to life yeah absolutely you? rather than just saying I'll have a protein shake <laughs> uh, we just said the episode that just went out was Victoria Corrin Mitchell who was who was great as well but was the menu was so bland um, but she so eloquently defends it Right, like people. There's people. Well, that's who are another like, great yeah. style to podcast as well, isn't it? The guys from This Is England have got one called Overrated Everything, right? Okay. Where they bring on a guest to basically lay into a topic, yeah. or a thing that they feel is absolutely overrated, yeah, And then sure. the guys will either defend that topic, yeah. or agree with them and okay. go, actually, "Yeah, it is a bit yeah, shit." Yeah. And it's nice when you have got a bit of tension, yeah, and you can sort of debate and hash it out. Yeah, that that one by the end, Acast had his head in his hands because her menu was so bland. She was like, "No, I don't see why you run any of that fancy stuff." 
great. It's really divided it? people online. Uh, her main course was a plowman's. A plowman's. And the, bearing in mind, the setup is like you can pick anything you want. James plays a genie waiter. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, you can yeah. order oh, whatever that's, that's you like. That's every episode. Every, that's every yeah, episode, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask me before he did that. Um, <laughs> it was like, absolutely, anything you want. We can get you anything from wherever in the world, from your childhood, from your memories, just anything. It's like a plowman's. Plowman's. Yeah. You like what you like, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> beauty of it. You find out a lot about people from their food choices, I think. How was, uh, obviously, presume you've done it many times now, but Mock the Week, the first time you were on that, how much of a rush uh, was uh, that? Extremely nerve-wracking, because that show is part of... Staple, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's, part of, it's part of the firmament, and I grew up watching it, always loved it. Uh, didn't ever think I'd get on it, to be honest. Like, I thought, because it's such a... For a long time, it was quite a hard nut to crack in that they had their guy, they had their guys, and they sort of stuck with. I it. guess when it was who's the ginger Andy Parsons, Andy Parsons, Frankie Boyle, and then Frankie your... Russell, all of those guys, yeah. Chris Addison for a bit, uh, and then Hughes obviously on it every week as well. Um, so it was like I don't think I'll ever get on that. I'd like to do it, but so when I got the call to go on it, I was very very excited. But it's a nerve, it's a very nerve wracking show to do. I think it used to be more nerve wracking. I think people are quite open in saying it used to be quite a tense, a difficult show to do because everyone's armed with so much stuff and no one's like there's no chatting to it it's like just drilling with joke, all the stuff joke, you've joke, written joke, yeah. Joke, yeah whereas now i think it's more of a there's a lot of banter bit flying around loose, yeah. bit relaxed everyone's friends so luckily that's when i joined was uh was when it was friendly so the first episode i did was like romesh rob beckett sarah pasco ed burn like friends of mine that i've gigged with before it's still a bit nervy at the beginning, and then is it filmed in front of a live crowd? Yeah, yeah, it's about I think it's like three hundred in the in the audience. Uh, so I was sat there, you know, a bit nervy, getting a few. You landed a few things early on. That's what you got to do, just get in there. Yeah, and yeah, land yeah, it. yeah. Come in strong. And they're very good at Dara's amazing at throwing to people who've done it, have not done it before. So the first thing you do is like the um, there'll be a number, and it was like, what's this the answer to? That was the answer. Then what's the question? And it'll always go to the person who hasn't said anything or the person who's not been on it before. They're very, they're very sort of welcoming in that sense, and it was fine. But then a light exploded in the rig. I think I'm going to say in you. Yeah, a light exploded in me. <laughs> Suddenly, I saw the light. Um, a light exploded in the rig, and like glass rained down. And everyone was so shocked. You know that feeling of just like when you're shocked, and then suddenly you're like, everything's all right, we're fine. And then just the whole room loosened up, and it was, it was joyous. That was the that. first time. That was the first time I did it. Because yeah. I watched again on YouTube, there's basically Ed Gamble's highlights. Right, from okay, yeah, right? yeah. So it's like nine minutes, yeah. of, I guess, every... Uh, what's that line called? Fastest line? What's the name of that feature where you have a, a title behind the screen oh, uh, and then... Scenes we'd like to see at the end. Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what it is? That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like nine minutes of you just smashing out that. And, I mean, you're good, man. You're rapid fire. Oh, yeah. Do you know the you topics be. before? Or do you have to make you it kind up of literally things on that you the know, spot? And there's things that you don't. Like, you've got to do, you've got to prep. It's one of the ones where you do have to prep, especially with the news stuff, because you've got to be across it. And I'm not normally across the news. The yeah, news. yeah, yeah. So when it comes to filming what the week, that's when I'm back in and reading the papers yeah and i find it fucking unbelievable that we're about to get to another series of mock the week and another series talking about brexit i don't Three know years. what i'm Three gonna years, do there's like there's now episodes on dave where it's me and rob beckett going <laughs> brexit's getting boring isn't it from three years ago. And it's the same discussion. It's incredible. Because um, so there's kind to... of nothing else on the news, is there? No. I, I make a point of not watching the news. I, I kind of read the news from time to time, but I sort of bury my head in the sand with a lot of stuff. Sure. But whenever I'm back with my mum, she'll watch it at lunchtime and at six or seven as well. So twice a day. Yeah. And every day it's Brexit, Brexit, yeah. Brexit, Brexit. And I'm like, well, what else are the politicians doing? I yeah. guess clearly nothing. Nothing, yeah. So and the I... rest of the country is just on standby yeah. whilst we wait for the shitstorm to blow over or something to resolve. And I've run out of angles on it now. I, don't I imagine I don't every know. comedian has. <laughs> Where else is there to go? I'm going to talk about it again. Um, so yeah, And Trump, I guess, is the same with America, isn't it? Again, it's, like, it's like, what do you do? What you can't, am I going to do with nothing, him? But then there's nothing really... He does it all himself. Like I guess in terms yeah. of, there's nothing really to take the piss out of. You yeah, just how do you present the prankster? You just present the facts of what's happened, and that's the that's the that's joke. The joke yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It'll be fun, anyways, and we normally find something. So what else you got going on? Are you touring at the moment? Touring at the moment. So I'm just coming to the end of. I've got about ten left in this leg, and then I've just extended it into the autumn. So I'm 
back in September doing the tour, doing about 30 more tour dates towards nice. the end of the year. Where do people go if they want to find out where you're going to be playing? Edgamble.co.uk. There you go. Forward slash gigs if you want the forward specific. Sl- there you go. Yeah. Saving him a link there. <laughs> Straight to the mainframe. And the live show itself, could you give us a bit of an overview of... I guess is it you? Are you the subject of much of the? Oh yeah, it's it very like... very autobiographical. Yeah. I'd say like so. There's that story about me going to New York and getting stuck in a blizzard. There's the story about my dad uh, retiring and getting a cat. Like it's very autobiographical, very silly. I'd say, not hard hitting. Is the health stuff part of it still? Yeah. So done... so the diabetes yeah. stuff is part of it, but it, yeah. And there's the stuff you've seen, and then like extended beyond that as well. Yeah, and let's talk about music. Um, we'll end on that. I know cool. you're a huge fan of the the alternative and heavy stuff. The heavier, the heavier so, end of uh, music. Lay it on me, Ed, and we should go to a gig sometime. Absolutely, yeah. I'm. I've sort of always been into the metally the metalier ends of things. Yeah. Well, um, I remember in the maybe the Russell Howard sketch, you're talking about being into metal and in, in that, but you're like, I don't look like one. Yeah, so yeah, I, I totally. In the metal scenes, they think I'm there to recruit them for Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, I'm too, I'm too <laughs> cheeky looking. That's the problem. So that's always been your sort of favourite genre. Yeah, it? totally. Yeah. yeah. So and that's... like, you're literally talking heavy metal as opposed to say rock or punk or. I mean, I sort of cry, I like. Uh, there's a, there's some punk that I like and there's some rock that I like as well. I don't stop it. I just don't think there's any need now. I think it used to be like that, didn't it? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I've got my genre. It's oh, like, yeah, no, but what yeah. I mean is you like it hard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, so who did I go and see? I went to see Sumac last week. See, um, some of these bands I won't even know. Uh, Steve Sumac, always takes the piss out of me. He's like, you don't like metal, do you? I'm like, I like Judas Priest. He's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that ain't heavy, dude. And I'm like, well, Painkiller's <laughs> fucking heavy. That's heavy enough for me. That album they released <laughs> last year is fucking astonishing, it, the Judas Priest album. Thank God it was, because yeah. the one before it, what was the one before it? The Redeemer of Souls, was oh, it? Oh, right, yeah. That was just I didn't, music by numbers. I didn't numbers. really listen to that but, one. Um, yeah, the last one was fucking... Yeah, Firepower. Them, yeah, Firepower, then back on fire. Yeah. Right? I remember that. And they, they have no need to be on fire, by the way. No. How old are they? Uh, well, Rob Halford's got to be like early 70s. Yeah, so it, be. the fact he's on fire, it's like, not thank God, it's like, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frankly. Well, his voice. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy will always be Ozzy a legend, but bless him, he's not quite what he once was in the singing yeah, department. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Whenever you see Judas Priest live, bar a couple of the most extremely high notes you've yeah. ever heard, yeah. Rob Halford is knocking it out of the park every oh, night. Oh, man. I he's amazing. I've soon. Incredible. Um, yeah, Sum- Sumac are uh, a band featuring Aaron Turner, who was the lead singer of ISIS. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's that sort of thing, but the song not that the terrorist organisation. No, 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 uh, not not the not the head of ISIS. <laughs> uh, I think they could have sold out more than the underworld. Um, <laughs> uh, which is just long songs. I mean, I some of the stuff I like is just like fucking long songs, like proper doom. Stoner stuff, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yob and Sumac and Sleep and all of that stuff. Sleep are great. I yeah. love sleep. Riffs. Yeah. Big riffs. So that's, riffs. That's what I'm into, yeah. Have you seen Lords of Chaos yet? No, not yet. You got? Do you know anything about, is that sort of music your uh, tipple, black of, metal? I also, I, I, I have a problem with bad production. I can't really listen to stuff that's produced badly. And that's so most of that, of that stuff, Yeah, some it? of that classic black metal stuff, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Maybe yeah, give yeah. it another shot. Maybe don't record it in a bin and then I'll and then I'll listen to it. <laughs> Maybe don't kill your mates. Yeah, exactly. And burn stop, down stop, churches. Stop killing your mates and then. As well. uh, I, I went into it without really knowing any. I watched it with Steve and I was like the excitable, annoying kid because yeah. I was like, what's happening next? This is going to happen. He's going to do that. And he's like, you really don't know anything about the story, do you? I was like, no. So I went in dry and I thought it was a phenomenal film. Oh, great. Really dark, really like affecting. Yeah. Um, and very well made. I thought they dealt with the subject matter incredibly. I guess respectfully, yeah. Uh, but it was provocative and controversial enough without being shocking yeah. for the I know sake bit, of being. I know so. a bit about. I read. I read. There's a book, wasn't there? I read the book year, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like, you know, I dip in and out. I quite like stuff like that. But it's more the modern end of stuff, and uh, I like black metal. I think it mixes very well with other things. I'm not a purist. I think you know, there's some black metal people who would literally kill me for saying that. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I fucking love Death Heaven and right. all of that sort of stuff. Altar of Plagues is another amazing sort of black metal-y, but post sort of post black metal band. I was really into. So, and I like a bit of death metal, but more modern stuff again. But it really, it's more stoner 
the, the stonery do me. So are you going to uh, Desert Fest? I can never go to Desert Fest because it always falls on the same weekend as the best comedy festival in the UK, which, which is, is the McHuntleth Comedy Festival in North Wales. The McHuntleth. McHuntleth, McHuntleth yeah. Comedy <laughs> Festival in North oh, Wales. Oh, man. So you never get to Which is like go. a beautiful weekend in this. It takes over this whole lovely village and, you know, all my friends are there. So I never get to go to Desert Fest. And that's annoying this year because Oma playing who are incredible. Are there many comedians that you have sort of musical common ground with? No, Acaster a bit, but he likes weird shit. Like he likes the weirder end of stuff. Right. Like he's writing a book about music of the matter. Is he really? Specifically about the music of 2016. <laughs> Just one year? Yeah. What so, was good in that year that well, he's warrants a whole book? He's, he's bought 500 albums that were made in 2016 and truly <laughs> believes it to be the best year for music ever ever yeah wow and so the book is on that it's about well, that and about good his, luck with about that his, about his life and what was happening in 2016 and told through the albums i think well, has he got a musical background does he uh he used to be in bands yeah did he yeah i think i can remember some uh uh pin drop he was in a new metal band called pin drop pin drop yeah he's been in like post hardcore bands as well yeah he's a drummer oh right yeah, yeah, a yeah. front man that would be a sight to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can see from the arms he's definitely a drummer <laughs> go on three kits at once that boy uh, well, dude, we're basically at the hour there, so I think we'll wrap it. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you very much for, for having me, mate. Taking really the time fun. out. It's really fun. And um, yeah, let's go to some gigs. Absolutely. I'll okay. take you to some heavy shit. Yeah, you take me to some heavy shit, and I'll take you to some punk shit, and we'll Wait, trade who's, off. We'll who's have a cultural the, exchange. Who's, who's good at the moment? Who take me to? Uh, Punk-wise, there's a band called The Interrupters, who I oh, adore. Oh, I like, so I like The like Interrupters. Rancid, you'll love them. They, they released an album in 2016. Say it out loud. Right, yeah, right, right, right. That was a good album was as well. That my, one. Uh, my top, my top. <laughs> so basically, through hanging out with him, your knowledge of that year yeah, yeah, yeah. is also expert level. Well, I always do my top twenty <laughs> albums on Twitter. Right at the end of the year, uh, did that make the cut? Did it? That made the cut in twenty sixteen. There you go. Yeah. Good on them. Culture abuse. Another band oh, okay. I love. Bay Dream is their latest record. Brilliant. Uh, Pup, Pup. Really like them. Pup was Canadian my top band. album in twenty sixteen. Top number yeah. one. I, that I album. We're going to get on. That album is perfect. Um, are you going? To, are you going to the garage? The garage. The garage to see him. Oh right! In uh, on April tenth. I, I am now. I'm there. I'll see you there, mate. See you there. Nice um, thanks for coming on the show. Twitter, Instagram, everything. Is it just at Ed Gamble? At a Gamble comedy. At a Gamble comedy. Um, follow Ed. Don't and... tweet the at Ed Gamble guy. He's getting really pissed <laughs> off now. <laughs> Here's final question: Did you get much sort of tweets or people thinking that almost Royal was real and thinking that you're some tough? idiot we got quite Didn't get much hate mail no because i mean once once you've had to go look into it and then find out that my name's not georgie Carlton, i think people so only complete tweet. idiots only complete idiots yeah. but yeah occasionally like pretty well i did a tv show with a guy who used to be in glee and he was like honestly i saw the trailer i thought it was completely real and now here you are <laughs> like yeah it was sort of made it look as believable as possible but i was saying insane things <laughs> i did refer to my anus as a back nostril it's like surely you must realize that it's a joke well, Almost Royal is on Netflix both seasons, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. Do another show like that. I want to see you back be, in the yeah, be bang up in the that. world, yeah. instigating chaos <laughs> and just winding people up the wrong way. I'd love it. We, the world needs more. Cheers, Adam. Cheers. Thank you, for you the very third much. Time. Thank you very much. We're out. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.